Yes, folks, it is the Ticats pregame as presented by Journey World Words. Let's uh, welcome back to the broadcast John Salavanis, who has his pregame salutations. Coach Sal, always great to have you on board. Well, thank you, Bubba, and uh, good to have Andy back on board. Absolutely. <laughs> Thanks, Coach. Hey, you know, before we look forward, let's look back, Coach, and i got to ask you this question. How do the Ticats move on from last week's crushing defeat? Well, I think they move on with this game. Uh, you, you know, they must play all 60 minutes, Bubba. The, and the fourth quarter is going to be real key. You know, when you look back at it, uh, in the three wins that Hamilton had in the fourth quarter, they were plus four points. In the seven losses they had, they were minus 64 in the fourth quarter. So it really uh, comes down to this, you know, you flush away uh, what happened in Montreal and, and you go into this game with the idea that we will win the fourth quarter and win this football game. Coach, I also think the going into the half, the three minutes going into the half and the three minutes coming out of half could be could be vital this game. Do you are you uh, as a coach, are you a, a believer in the in and out of halftime uh, performance and how the, the game outcome is uh, is a result of that? Yes, absolutely, Andy. You're right on. You know, the, the fact that you uh, can score some points going into uh, the halftime and then come out at the half with a, with a flourish and, and really put some points on the board right away. And that goes back to the idea that at halftime, you have to utilize that time to make the adjustments necessary uh, to come out and play the third and fourth quarter. In the past... The Cats have done mediocre in the third quarter and have done poorly in the fourth, but so has Toronto. So it really comes down to a draw as to who's going to run uh, the rest of the way after halftime. Coach, if we go back to the fourth quarter, um, you, look at the, you look at the season series, and right now it's one-to-one -one for each team, with Toronto being up by seven points in the aggregate, uh, which would be the tiebreaker if it finished 2-2 over the season. If you're in the fourth quarter tonight as a coach and say you're up by six points with the ball, are you trying to drive and, and get an extra field goal to, to make that a nine-point win or, or, or more, or maybe a 13-point win, so that if you do happen to lose a Labor Day game, you could still win the season series, or are you just trying to play for the win? Well, you're playing for the win, but at the same time, uh, your offense, as you well know, is on the field to score points. So you never want to give away the opportunity to uh, get points. But at the same time, if you've got the game locked up and there's some question mark as to uh, where you are on the field, then you might go a little bit more conservative. But I would always play to, uh, to get the extra points. Penalties, a serious issue against the Alouettes last week. Now, considering tonight's opponent, and I know discipline is always an issue when the Tiger Cats and Argonauts get together, do you think the coaching staff sort of had to remind the players to keep their cool there, Coach? I would hope that the senior players on the team would have reminded each other and the rookies on the team as to the, uh, uh, the way you've got to conduct yourself. You cannot uh, give away a ball game simply because you're undisciplined. So, yes, but I, I think uh, everybody has to remind everybody. Uh, we're playing the game within the white lines and within the rules. Yeah, that's a good point, especially with a home-and-home home after a home-and-home home, you know, two weeks ago, uh, two most important games of the season here. 
We, let's go to the to the line of scrimmage. So we have a couple uh, questions on both sides of the line. Let's start on the offensive side. You got Kyle Saxelid coming in at guard, uh, a 6'8 figure. Is there anything, um, any changes you'd make as a coach with uh, as far as play calling um, when you have somebody that big with a quarterback who, who as, with Dane Evans who isn't quite that tall? Well, you might make an adjustment in the line of scrimmage with your screen plays where you normally would take your uh, guards out in front. And what you might do is change your blocking scheme a little bit, leave Saxlade in and uh, move the center uh, with Manzi uh, to the outside on the screen because he can pull and he is much quicker probably than Saxlade. But, you know, I'd rather have that big guy in there at the guard spot uh, rather than a small one uh, in this particular ballgame. Yeah, you have uh, you have Oakman uh, across from him, who is one of the biggest and scariest figures uh, I think I've ever saw in, in, uh, in real yeah, life. Yeah, well, those two guys can look eye to eye. <laughs> On the other side of the ball, Teddy Laurent is out, and Dylan Wynn was a game-time decision. And uh, so with, with Dylan Wynn perhaps a, a little banged up, and of course you have Micah Johnson and Mo Dalio being the only other defensive tackle in the ball in the lineup uh would you make any changes as far as personnel groupings throughout the game and the frequency you use two defensive tackles at once well i i think i would use my number one guys as far as i could as long as i could you know at this time of the year as you well know andy every team's got injuries uh and if, if the teams have done a good job in evaluating their players there there shouldn't be any big drop-off but I would still uh, consider Wynn uh, and Hauser, who's also a little banged up in there. Uh, I would consider playing them as much as I could in the ball game. And if they need a break, uh, then I would then I would find a way to uh, roll somebody else in. Coach, sorry, coach in the secondary. You know, you got cornerback Siante Evans still unable to play due to injury. Rodney Randall gets a start at corner. Do you get a read on this newcomer, and, and is this a tough situation for the Tiger Cats, or are the Argonauts not going to really know how to defend, how to how to you know work on this guy? Well, Randall's been in the league before. He was a couple of years in uh, uh, Montreal, and he played in the XFL, and he he was with San Diego for a short time. You know, uh, to me, uh, he can turn things uh, on that corner pretty good. So, and, and the other thing to look at is I looked him up. Uh, when he was in Montreal, he had 11 special teams tackles uh, in the time he played there. So he can play on the specials and uh, expect that uh, Thompson will try to go after him perhaps early and see what he can do. But uh, I think he'll hold up all right. Do you think this move was perhaps because you have Brandon Banks, a, a speedy receiver, and Curly Gittins Jr., uh, one of the most targeted well, he was the outside receiver. Tonight he's listed inside. But um, basically what I'm asking is having that speed on the outside for Toronto in the receiving core. Uh, last week you have Alden Darby Jr., who kind of is that linebacker-DB hybrid, maybe not quite as fast as, uh, as these receivers. Do you think that was a move because of that, or was it uh, simply maybe Alden was, was hurt a bit or, or for other reasons? You know, I, I really don't know because I was not on the inside uh, to know what the coaches were thinking. I, I like Randall. I think you bring a guy in like that uh, to play him. So, and, and while you're at it, you know, what Hamilton D needs to do 
uh, is turn some of those 39 knockdowns that they've had into interceptions. And, and if uh, Randall can come up with one of those or Leonard can come up with one of those, I, I really like Roll being back on the uh, weak side of the field. So I think the secondary is in pretty good shape. Coach, we're going to finish at the quarterback position here. Dane Evans back in. Uh, Matthew Schultz on the lineup. Uh, do you, are you agree with me? You expect to see both quarterbacks get some action tonight? I would think so. Uh, you know, it would be interesting to see uh, when and why they make the change. Obviously, uh, if Dane Evans is going well, uh, do you really want to take him out uh, just for a change? But if Dane is, is uh, sagging a little bit, then the change would be good. Uh, Schultz will come in, I'm sure, in some of the short-yarded situations. If he does, uh, maybe keep him in for a couple of series after that and, and try to change up that way. Well, one, one more, but w with Matthew Schultz as a starter, you're really giving him the Dane, Ackage, Dane Evans offense. With Matthew Schultz as the backup, can't, couldn't you bring him in as that as that uh, running threat that we saw, you know, three weeks ago and, and two weeks ago when, as a backup and, and kind of get that other element of an offense going? Absolutely you could, uh, Andy. And, of course, that goes back to the idea in the philosophy of the coaching staff, uh, do you want two quarterbacks uh, on the field uh, in terms of, uh, you know, who's number one and who's number two? I, I think giving a package to someone and putting them in the ball game at a particular time is is good. But at the same time, you know, maybe uh, if Dane is going very well, do you really want to take a chance on taking him out? Very true. Coach Sal, we at uh, Ticats Audio Network and Ticats Nation all across uh, certainly love having you on the broadcast. Thank you for your time. Enjoy the game. I will. And, and tell Hogan to get away from that deep-fried Snickers over there. <laughs> That's so